All right, Mots, we are back. Episode 165 of The Rink Shrinks. What do you say? You ready to go? Let's go. This episode is presented by Bet Online. With NFL playoffs here and the NBA and NHL season in full swing, Bet Online has you covered with all the up to second odds, news, and scores. With additional odds, lines, trends, and info on both desktop and mobile, you can access the world's biggest and best wagering information anytime. Head there today to get into the action and see all the updated odds. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. So what's going on, BY? How are things? How was the weekend? Haven't chatted with you in a little bit. I know. We haven't caught up in a while. It was a busy weekend. A lot of hockey games, a lot of traveling. I think I I, I, I set a record for miles on the on the car this weekend, back and forth with Cushing in the mix and a couple games out there. And uh, it was good. It was good. It was freezing. We had a little bit of weather here. Our kids got in some pond hockey. So it was uh, it was a really good and, and busy uh, weekend. How about yourself? Yeah. yeah uh, Friday night, there was a, a prep school game that I took in and the, the boys came back and showed some character in the third period and, and pulled out a victory. They had the day off Saturday, went pond skating as well. Nice. So uh, yeah, it was great. And then uh, my daughter Brooke had a couple games, ran, a, ran into a tough team early, early wake up uh, mm-hmm. on Sunday morning, but rebounded for the second game in the afternoon. And Put together a, a full uh, forty-five minutes, full you know? sixty, yeah, full sixty, <laughs> full forty-five. But uh, yeah, as far as uh, the weekend, it was good, productive, and um, yeah, just we got some some topics here to talk about, mailbag issue uh, episode. So let's uh, let's get rolling here, brother. Yeah, I mean, just to touch on it quick though, is it there anything better than watching kids skate out on the pond? Like Sunday night, we had a few games with the week on the weekend with my 2011s, and went back to a you know buddy that we uh, that I coach with. He's got a nice little man-made pond in his backyard in Hanover, and kids are out there fire pit going. Uh, it was absolutely freezing, and the kids just were grinding in like a little bit of snow and. It, it, it's so cool and kind of like brings you back to the roots here in Massachusetts. I feel like we don't get that. We don't get a ton of pond hockey time. You know what I mean? Cause even right now it's already 40 degrees and raining and, and everything's already melted, but it's so cool to see the kids out there and just like going and playing shinny and having fun. You see some of the kids throwing on the goalie pads, which, you know, we typically growing up, we didn't have a ton of goalies playing shinny, but Kids that are normally forwards playing goalie and parents huddled around the old campfire telling stories, just great stuff. Listen to some of the interviews during like the Winter Classic. Everyone talks about bringing them back to their roots and playing outdoors as a kid. Yeah. So you got to cherish those times. And I'm glad that you kind of could step back and and take it in. You know, seeing the kids out there having a ball and, you know, the parents having fun too, just uh, enjoying your time. But yeah, it is far and few between now because the, the weather is a little bit of a, you know, up and down with the, the cold, but taking advantage of it is the, the key, right? If there's a cold snap and some ponds freeze, you know, you sure uh, going to see some kids out there enjoying their time. So it's going to, it's great. You know, the, the boys uh, enjoyed their time on Saturday. Some of the adults got uh, out there and, and buzzed around as well. So as far as, uh, you know, adults still enjoying, you know, being a kid and being outside and playing. It's the same thing. So it's yeah. all good uh, when you get out and play the game outdoors. And um, hopefully there back, is a little bit more. To, back to the roots. Yeah, exactly. So good. Back to the roots. No, it's great. It's great. Uh, like you said, mailbag episode here, but we got a couple things to talk about. How about Patrick Rouat being named head coach of the uh, New York Islanders? Obviously, they've been struggling this year and making that coaching move definitely bring a little fire to that team. What do you say? Yeah. I, I mean, they needed, you know, I played into Lou and he doesn't sit still for, you know, <laughs> anything. So he'll, he'll make a change. Uh, if he sees necessary. Um, I believe that they're in first place. You know, I was a black ace that year, mm-hmm. but uh, first place in the uh, Atlantic division. And, he fired the coach, um, Claude, and he jumped uh, behind the bench, didn't he? he? Did. Yeah, 
<laughs> and he just needed, he thought, you know, needed another voice for the playoffs. And it, it was, it's just, you know, he, he can't really argue his success and his thought process because he has been so successful and consistent over his, his tenure and as a GM. But um, yeah, as far as Patrick Guar, it's, you know, it's interesting because, you know, he owns the team that he was coaching, the Quebec Ram, Ram, Ramparts, Ramparts, excuse me. Yeah, easy and, to understand. Yeah, and, uh, you know, there's really no pressure there if you own the team. Right. So, uh, to win, even though they had back-to-back 100 season, 100 point seasons and won the Memorial Cup last year, like, he's had success. But it's a different animal when you have full control over, say, teenagers versus, you know, some, you know, the league is a little younger, but, like, let's call call them adults in the NHL and, Sometimes that hardline approach, um, you know, kind of goes in one air. There's a shelf life for it. Let's just right. say there could be some immediate results. Uh, and hopefully, you know, that's what they get with the Islanders and he can figure it out and work his way into a coaching style that is a little more sustainable. But, um, yeah, we'll see. You know, they lost, uh, I think, 3-2 last game. But, you know, it's, it's not going to happen overnight. And, um, you know, it's be interesting to see how, how things shake out and how the boys respond to them. Right. Absolutely. Can you talk to, so Patrick Watt did like his press conference, had a beard and the ne- next thing you know, he's clean shaven. I know that okay. that's a longstanding Lou Lamorello uh, move, kind of like a, you know, George Steinbrenner with the Yankees. Is that just something like, is it an unwritten rule that playing for Lou, you have to be clean shaven or is it like something to do with playoffs? You can finally let it go. Uh, okay. Having that experience, like fill us in here. Yeah, that's it's not really an unwritten rule. It's a written rule. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And the the cool part is he like sees this this video, he's like, Michael, why do you <laughs> got that straw on your face? Uh yeah, yeah. I got called to the principal's office a few times for multiple reasons. But uh yeah, so I would say from the outside looking in, everyone's like, Oh, you know, like that's that sounds like brutal and all this stuff. But when you're in it, it's and I look at this as, you know things that you can take outside of the locker room and outside of sport. There's no gray areas in Lou Lamorello run organizations. Everyone's clean shaven. Everyone buys in. Um, You know, there's, there's certain things that you have to do. Like for example, everyone has to wear the same gear into the, even to the weight room. You know, there's no being an individual. Um, And it's really important. I think looking back on it, it's, you know, like I said, no gray areas, you know, what's right, you know, what's wrong. And you bring that onto the ice. Mm-hmm. So you, you start with some simple things like being clean shaven. Everyone's pulling the rope in the right direction. Everyone's holding each other accountable. If someone's getting a little shaggy, it's like, Hey dude, tighten it up. <laughs> um, so it, it starts with small things, but it leads to bigger things. And, you know, the off ice, um, you know, kind of discipline and accountability is, it seems kind of silly to some people, but he really values the details of, you know, a team. And I think that's very important. And, uh, you know, living it and seeing it and seeing the results, um, you know, they speak for themselves. You know, I, I had, uh, some great experiences there and, you know, some people might think it's quirky, but it's, it's also very important to have everyone on the same page. And, you know, that accountability has to come from somewhere. It came from Lou and then in, in from the coach, but, you know, it has to come from somewhere. And if it comes from the room as well, that's, that's the healthiest. Did you guys have any type of deal where you were getting some mock threes or something like that, as opposed to those the <laughs> professional hockey one bick nasty raises that they usually supply? Uh, no, it was just the one bick for me. Oh man, <laughs> yeah. that's painful. Yeah, unlimited. You can do though. like you get. Oh yeah, yeah. You barely do a sideburn with those things. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, you know interesting when you first get into it, but again, you get accustomed to it. Um, you know, it's like making your bed in the morning, you know, a military type stuff. You get into a routine and a habit and builds on more habits, good habits. So, um, yeah, I, I saw that he had yeah, the since I've been he, since I've been clean shaven. I kind of feel like even I go a couple of days, I'm, I feel I definitely feel different. Yeah. Like I couldn't get away with this. No, no. That dirt <laughs> on your chin. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no way. <laughs> gotta get, a, get, get a cat or a dog to lick it off. Just a little fuzz. <laughs> <laughs> oh god the old cookie monster look that you got going right now um 
And then Connor Bedard, obviously, he's going to be out at least another six weeks, which is obviously tough for the game. Hate seeing these young guys that are that are injured. Obviously, he's been uh, you know a breath of fresh air within the league, and it stinks that uh, you know he's still like six weeks away. You want those guys on the ice as much as possible. Yeah, you know, you saw him hitting the ice and just getting out there. I'm, you know, just seeing and hearing him. Um, you know that he's going to want to push this timetable. As an organization, you don't want to jeopardize, you know, the rest of the season for a couple extra weeks or you know a couple extra games that, uh, in the whole grand scheme of his career, do- doesn't really matter. Um, right. So yeah, just as an organization, I think they're doing a good job at really setting a timetable that he has to stick to and make sure it's fully healed before he gets back into action. And keep losing, so maybe you get a higher pick. It's probably not <laughs> a bad thing. Surround him with some other young talent doesn't hurt. Yeah, that, that, that could be a sidebar to it. You know? A little sidebar action. Uh, there's talks of ex- in expansion. Obviously, U- Utah Jazz owner came out uh, today, which is Wednesday. Ryan Smith uh, formally asked the NHL to initiate the expansion process for Salt, Salt Lake City. Uh, any thoughts on, on you know, an extra team uh, in Salt Lake City? Have you ever been out there? Yeah, yeah they, um, it was Dallas's farm team. There used to be an IHL team there, and then when they kind of got absorbed uh, by some of the AHL teams after uh, the IHL folded, uh, yeah. Salt Lake was still in the league, and you know, beautiful uh, spot out there. You know, yes. as far as yeah. you know, visiting. Uh, I mean, I I have my kind of you know hesitations on that location only because you know you look at like the population of Hartford, Connecticut. Mm-hmm. And they, they couldn't really, you know, support a team enough. Um, the the population of Salt Lake and the metro area is very similar. So, I mean, you, you never know, you know, you know, the early expansion and the excitement. Like Seattle's a, a, a much bigger city, you know, and they have support. And it's a lot of money doing, in Salt Lake City, though, right? Right. That 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 was what I was going to say. Like there is a, a little different um, demographic there that might be able to support and, you know, pay the, the ticket fees and whatnot. But I would, um, I would just, you know, they, um, they're going to do their due diligence, but it is a cool destination. And, um, you know, expansion in the league is, is kind of what the, the league wants. So picking the right spot would be kind of first and foremost, and they're definitely a front runner for sure. So it was, it was good to see that, you know, uh, Ryan Smith is, is kind of being proactive and, and making sure that, uh, Salt Lake is on top of the list. Yeah, no, it, it it's a cool – by the time I was in the East Coast League, they had an East Coast League team there, Utah Grizzlies, I think, and we played in that big kind of Olympic arena and obviously an East Coast League team. It wasn't drawing very great, but, um, you know, I get it. NHL compared to the East Coast League, it, it, it's a different uh, – you know, different volume of people are going to show up to those games, but it was a really cool place to, to, to go to and visit. And they had a good team. I remember, you know, a couple guys that uh, ended up playing in the NHL for a long time. were on that team. And uh, it was, it was a cool, you know, little destination to go away for an East coast league city. And uh, again, I think it's, Hey, more teams, obviously we're at 32. Now you, you know, bump it to 33 and, you know, it's more like there's the hockey's growing. There's so many hockey players now to get more people into the league, more owners, uh, you know, hopefully it helps with the overall cap. And, and I think it's, uh, it's great. It's great for the game of hockey, the growth. Yeah. Like you said, you know, the participation at youth levels is, is steadily growing and, you know, to have, you know, some people can argue like, Oh, it's watering down the the talent at the highest level. I, I haven't seen anything like you see the parity across the league, which is very good. But exactly, you, you see the the top end talent coming out and and having opportunities, and that's the the biggest thing. You know, having opportunities to play at the highest level with and against uh, some of the best players in the world. So, uh, yeah, I'm all for it. Uh, you know, and they go to to 33, they're going to go to 34. You know, that's you, you know, like those even numbers. Yeah, to keep the uh, the divisions equal. You know. Speaking of growing the game, it was great to see locally here the the women's bean pot. I had that on the TV uh, last night. The finals, there was you know over. It looked like at least ten to twelve thousand. I talked to a couple people that went into it and brought their 
uh, daughters into the tournament. Obviously, Northeastern won in uh, overtime. It was great hockey games, really competitive, and it was it was cool to see that venue and and getting that many um, you know fans out for the for the women's bean pot. I think like you know it, it just popped into my head as we were talking about growing the game. Like it's great to see the women's uh, game thriving and and with the PWHL and and women's bean pot and people going and participating and watching i think is uh it's it's fantastic and a little side note skylar irving um scored the first goal in Mm -hmm. you know women's bean pod history in the garden and uh, she's a a local girl buddy uh daughter of one of my buddies and so really happy for her she plays at northeastern and very good player so just having uh that setting for the girls is is amazing you know, just to have the growth of the girls game since we came through uh, to where it is now. And it's only going to continue to grow with these examples being set by, you know, the professional league and, and the top end college. And it's getting the uh, the coverage that it deserves now. 100%. Franklin Sports is the official street hockey partner of the National Hockey League. Check out their line of official NHL street hockey games and training equipment at franklinsports.com today. Uh, Mots, I got a Franklin stepped up big time. Obviously, as you know, the we're heading up to the Pee Wee Quebec tournament, and Chris Rodet, our buddy, uh, reached out and wanted to chip in, and and they're really helping us with uh, you know, getting the team a third jersey. They're gonna have the Franklin logo on it, so really cool little collaboration with with them, and uh, exciting, and and you know, helped uh, helped with the team with all these expenses with heading up to the queue. So it was really nice, and it's again, it's. We talk about hockey. We talk about friendships and teammates. And it's like, you know, Chris Rodé was a kid that was on my Pee Wee Quebec team and, you know, reached out and wanted to uh, to help us out. So it was, it was like unbelievable for, for him and his team at Franklin to make a donation. Much appreciated. Well, that's awesome. You know, and again, like you said, you know, going back to your days, you know, as just Pee Wee hockey players and having those experiences together and, still keeping in touch and having those memories, but also uh, really great on Franklin and Chris to, to step up. we got to get a picture of that for the Instagram. We, oh, yeah, we will. We will. That's coming. The jerseys, yeah. they're getting the logo on them now. Awesome. Uh, they're, they're in. So, yeah, it's uh, we'll, we'll get that all posted up and tag everybody and their mother. You know what I mean? Did you have any say in the design or is it, you left it up to those guys? I left it up to the to the big dogs. Um, well, um, a lot of pressure on those guys then because sometimes know, those third jerseys can go one or two ways, you know? Exactly. We talked about it even with the all-star jerseys, but we had a, a couple parents check, chip in. We went with kind of like a the Detroit Red Wings third jersey type of look, which uh, they're pretty sharp. We'll, we'll get some picks out there. I think, I think everybody will like them. Excellent. Can't wait to see them. All right. Let's get into the mailbag here. Um, I coach a high school girls team. I have two wingers that play on the top line that have ridiculous chemistry together and are both among the top scorers in the league as juniors and were last year as sophomores as well. They're great hockey players, but they are both horrible four checkers. They are fine as F2 and 3 in reading passing lanes, but if either ends up as F1, there's no pressure and the other team often moves moves up ice fairly easily do you have any advice as to how to improve this for these two or is it just the case of taking the good with the bad since they create so much offense thanks guys matt thanks for reaching out matt yeah, no i i think this is um correctable immediately you know mm. so this is you can improve and correct the job of f1 requires no skill you know you really you don't have to be skilled to be an effective forechecker. You just have to you know, maybe take a good angle. So you're using your brain a bit, but your job is to really apply pressure and make a hurried play. So F2 and F3 can easily read and react and anticipate where the puck is going. So it's really about effort. So if they're not getting in on the forecheck as F1, then you have to get on them about their effort. Mm-hmm. Plain, and, plain and simple. And I think pulling some video and showing them some clips of what a good, strong, heavy forecheck can do and, you know, disrupting the play will is a valuable tool. If you can get some video involved and watch them and even, you know, show, hey, like, look at this effort compared to this effort. Right. It, mm-hmm. it, it, it definitely goes a long way in terms of a teachable moment. But, I you know, part of me thinks of it, too, is like 
hey, put them with a player that's going to be like a strong F1 almost every time. I think back to like the Patrick Kane days with Chicago and playing with guys like um, uh, Shaw is his last name, number 65. I can't think of his first name. Andrew Shaw, right? Like, not, I'd always like look at the line. I'm like, why is he playing with Patrick Kane? Mm-hmm. You know, because yeah. he's more of like a, a, a third, fourth line guy, but he was just a strong F1, disrupted plays. And, and, and Patrick Kane kind of read and reacted and picked off passes. And then next thing you know, it was in the back of the net, right? So, uh, there is a little bit of good with the bad, but I think, especially at that level, you want to teach him to, to pressure the puck and be a strong F1 when, when, when needed. When needed. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And the other thing is what I say, you know, to forwards, because it was difficult for, say, I always try to flip it. You know, it was difficult for me to play against. So mm-hmm. if you're F1 and you see the D's numbers, that's when you skate as hard as you can to close that gap between you and the defender. Because they're not going to be going as fast as they can at times. So you can close the gap on the offensive side of the puck. Yeah, it's the hottest play for a defenseman. Yeah, so like when you see the numbers, you you see consistently a lot of forwards just let up. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like a natural reaction where they just and then they start coasting, and the, the F one does should not really read. You know, like consistently, like to try and pick off a pass. You know, you want you stick in a good passing lane and whatnot, but your job is to really disrupt. And how to do that is really when you see the numbers, you really want to close that gap and skate as hard as you can, you know, just to yep. close it enough because then your stick could be in the lane versus if you take a couple, you know, softer strides, easier strides, you don't, you might not be in that lane. So that's just my advice when I'm coaching forwards on the four check in their F1, whether it be in the neutral zone or going in deep, uh, you know, for the four check. Great point. All right. I got the next one here. I heard your take on going into a D3 program at 21. I hate that it takes the extra time in juniors, but I believe that is a decision that needs to be made within the family and there is no right or wrong answer. For us, my son went to a top academic prep school. Hockey is not a real focus and did a PG at a central mass prep school. He did a year at the NCDC and is now in the in the NAHL, the NAL. The last two years has made him better, but I believe he could have played D3 hockey after his prep year. He is headed to a good D3 school. The extra time does not bother because he will work for the next 35 years of his life. It stinks that hockey is like this, but I do not see it changing anytime soon. Just my two pennies. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. What do you think? I, I, think I, I think he nailed it because that's kind of what we talked about. Right. I was going to say, I think that uh, yeah, we kind of, everybody that I have this conversation with, I kind of, uh, like, that's my statement, uh, that, that I kind of agree with. So again, yeah, you're going to work the rest of your life and there's no rush to it, but, um, yeah, it's, it's like, Hey, if you can have a couple of years of fun and juniors, I, the only thing I would say is if like, so you're basically doing two years without any schooling. I know personally for me, right? So, he, you know, four years of prep school, there's no way I'd want to go back to school. <laughs> After being off for two years, I'd be like, I am all set. Um, so uh, that readjustment period, I think, would be pretty difficult when you do go back and, and, and jump in the mix. And now you're taking college classes after basically living like, a, you know, a young bachelor for a couple of years, but just playing hockey and going the rink and maybe working whatever doing some type of part-time job at the rink or, or wherever they kids work. Right. I don't know if, if yeah. I don't even know if they do work, but right. um, I think for me personally, if I ever took two years off of school, I would have a very difficult time getting into the books. I mean, I can barely read these questions. Never mind taking <laughs> a couple of years off. So uh, that's so, just me personally. Yeah. I remember you, you saying, you know, you, you would hope that the D3 coaches would pump the brakes a little bit on the model. And yeah, I, yeah. I just, um, you know, that's the way it has kind of progressed. And my son's going through it right now. And mm-hmm. we're kind of navigating the uh, the waters as we go. But I appreciate, um, you know, this person giving, you know, a little insight into their experience. And, you know, even though 
you know, he was good enough to play at a D3 school after prep. You know, he enjoyed his time and developed a little bit more. And, you know, you're a little bit older. And as long as it's, you know, you're some somewhat being productive in those in those years, you know, like yeah. hockey, hockey aside and right. just staying busy and, and whatnot. But, no, that's, uh, you know, it's just kind of a recap on what we talked about. But that's that is the landscape right now. And, you know, you kind of have to deal with it and then navigate it within the family, like you said. Absolutely. Uh, TSR Hockey is located up in tax-free Salem, New Hampshire, where you can stock up on all your equipment needs. Uh, TSR has it all. It's got the top apparel, CCM, Bowie, you name it. They do everything in-house at the team store. You can reach the team store, 603-912-5970. Ask for Mike or Dave. Make sure you tell them the Rink Shrink sent you on that one. Uh, You can also visit New England's premier hockey store online at tsrhockey.com for all your shopping needs. They uh, they take great care of us, and we love our boys up at TSR Hockey. They get the backyard rink stuff going. Speaking of that, that we uh, chatted about earlier, and sticks, and you name it. So tsrhockey.com or, or visit them in person if you're in the area. Yeah, great selection. You know, it's it's really when you get up there, it, I love going up there because, you know, you're trying on different things. They have, uh, you know, all the the swag and, you know, the, the, the best and brightest of, uh, and but they don't, they don't stay it to it's like the, you know, top of the line stuff if it's not for you. So they do a yeah, great job up there. Make they sure keep you, you and your hand-me-downs. And, yeah, and and, you know, pretty stuff. much. <laughs> I think I'm getting some new gloves and pants, though. Nice, kid. Yeah. Nice. I like that. I like that. Well, you're trimming up, so the the pants might be your old pants might be swimming on you. <laughs> I know. I still, <laughs> I'm a suspenders guy, so it doesn't really matter. Oh God, talk about throwback. Um, <laughs> all right, Ice Shrinks, love the podcast. Been a loyal listener uh, for over a year. A 2011 team played a doubleheader this past weekend. Both games were feisty and emotional games for the players, which were probably made worse by the fact that one of the dads from the opposing team no less than five times dropped F-bombs, screaming at young refs. Uh, Are you blanking kidding me? Are you blanking blind? Uh, Whether the calls on the ice were good or not, this type of cheering, I don't know if I'd call it cheering, that's in quotation marks, is way out of line in my opinion. I have heard stories of refs stopping games to have spectators removed from the stands. Is that what should happen? I read all the fine print in my son's club contract that states the code of conduct for the parents, but what can be done, if anything, to enforce it? Thank you. Yeah. Tough situation to be in, and it's kind of difficult when it's up to the ref to to ref the stands as well, even Mm -hmm. though that, you know, the the ref does have the ability to to remove someone from the, the rank. I've seen yeah. it firsthand, right? Ups, yeah, I saw it this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> it's legit. But I, I feel that it's, I mean, come on, what are we doing here? You know, you right. got, you, you, there should be some people with, you know, some level-headedness, whether you're on the other team or same team, just be like, hey, you know, let's let's tone it down a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. you know just do it in a nicer way, non-confrontational just to, you know, because it's really affecting everyone else's enjoyment of the game, whether the game be feisty or not, you know, right. on the ice. Um, so, yeah, that, I mean, I think adults you know being adults you, you, can take care of it. You know what stands out for me here is doubleheader over this past weekend because you know what doubleheader means. Yeah, tailgating. Tailgate party in between, <laughs> right? Exactly. So somebody's sipping on there that whatever it is that the, the double shot IPAs or something and getting a little too aggressive. And that's, it's what happens. And it's like you said, the, the code of conduct is tough to enforce. I know USA hockey and all these different programs put them in there. Um, and it's tough to rely on the referees. I know that, you know, a lot of our referees that we have, and I coach at the 2011 level, they're younger kids, but I've seen it uh, more and more recently where the refereeing, is improving a lot and and they're kind of like hey i'm not dropping the puck till this person goes right and if the person's being a pain then you go over to the coach and basically say hey you know you you, you kind of flip it back on the coach and say you get so a delay and so up in this thing. yeah you're gonna get a delay as game you're gonna get a penalty 
And that's really the only way that the the referee can enforce it because obviously he's not going to step off the ice and, you know, rip the guy or, 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 you know, the mom or the dad or the whoever it is, aunt, uncle, uh, grandparent out of the rink. But it's it's just classless. And, you know, even if you don't agree with the call, just keep your mouth shut. I was at a high school game today and it's uh, I was like sitting along the, the the glass with your brother and I could hear somebody up above me. And it's, you know, even talking to the his own team, like get in front of the blank and the, the, the net. And, and it's like, dude, what are we doing? Just they're not listening to you, first of all. And like, it's one thing to cheer and support, but like, you're not a coach. You're up in the stands. Just watch the game. Just don't say anything. I, I don't get it. Mumble it to yourself, you know. Yeah, it, it does get frustrating at times as a parent. Like even I'll get frustrated with certain things, but I mean you have to keep it in perspective. That's Mops what you get the it. glass banger. <laughs> yeah. Well, I get <laughs> I get the hockey helmet helper. I gotta get one for the refs. <laughs> get one for yeah. the refs. Be like, you missed that call. You know. Yeah. Seriously. Missed the call. And but they yes. they they miss stuff, and there's so many times, and you know I love the like there's two teams out here. It's like yeah. at all levels, it's just like stop it, stop it. it just yeah, drives me yeah, insane. I I, I, um, I saw this guy. He became a a ref for a football uh, football. <laughs> what am I European uh, <laughs> soccer? Uh, but he was over. In, yeah, but he was over in Europe, and. Um, it was really to work on his kind of like, I don't know, self-esteem and perspective <laughs> and perspective because whoever yells self-esteem at, down. No, no. Whatever. I mean, he goes, you know, whenever someone yells something at the ref, is it ever positive? Right. And it's like, you know, no. So like no. <laughs> Never. He, has, he has to be able to take it in and process it. But like when it really affects him, he knows that he was wrong. You know, so there's like mm-hmm. there was like this really underlying theme on, um, you know, kind of self development versus you know just being a, a ref. But um, it was pretty interesting because nothing positive is ever said to a ref, really. I mean, unless no. they do a really good job, be like, hey, you know what, you handled that well. But it's far. But no parent is yell ever yelling. Good job, great yeah. job out there, ref. Like yeah, after the game, I always go up and as coaches, and I think most do is thank the referees and tell them good game, even if you really didn't think that they were great on the day. <laughs> yeah. uh, so they might get a little bit of it, but never from the stands are they yelling, great, you know, maybe yeah, maybe you get the occasional one parent if it works out in your team's favor that's yelling, great call or something, but the the other yeah. team in the same, in the same breath is What are you looking at? Yeah, yeah, exactly. What are you, blind? Yeah, <laughs> Hundred percent. There's there's two effing teams out here. Um, yeah, that's uh that's, that's an interesting that's that's an interesting little study to you know. I always thought about that. Like if we were trying to create more content, content, just throwing a GoPro or some type of microphone on on referees around here, and just yeah, it, I mean, they it, have that would to have thick skin enough to handle some of it because if they get extremely sensitive and something is said, even if it's just borderline and they take it to heart and, and then they get emotional, but you know, refs are human, you know, they'll, they'll make mistakes. Uh, the only thing that I have about refs is that if you're lazy and you're not in position and you're making a call that isn't correct, then you have a little bit of a gripe as a coach. Right. You know, if you're right. getting up and down the ice and you're actually engaged in the game, then, you know, Go for it, you know, like make your mistakes, but as long as you're in position. Have you ever ref before? Uh, an alumni game. Okay. Yeah. So I've been forced to referee even like, you know, especially. It's not real easy. No, it's not easy at all. You miss stuff. as, As much as, as a, like, you know, hockey director, there was times where it was like, hey, the refs didn't show up and I'm at the rink and it's like, uh oh, throw on a, the striped shirt and and your bawa sweats and get out there. And I would do it and I would try my hottest, but there was, you know, a hundred percent, like you're using your discretion. Like you can't call every time, especially like might hockey every time somebody bumps into somebody, but that's upsetting the parent of the kid that just got knocked over. And, you know, more or less I chose to just swallow the whistle and 
try to just keep up with the offsides and just let the kids play. Um, but it's definitely a, it's, it's a challenge. So anybody that's that type of guy, I would challenge them to say, Hey, why don't you go out and referee? Like, come out, here's the Jersey. Right. I found it hard to stay out of the way. Cause like, that you always, too. like as a, as a player, you're always going to where the puck is going to be, or you're like, you're getting open. So like mm-hmm. they, they have to find those quiet areas consistently. And it's just opposite of what you do as a player. So right. it's uh I thought it was interesting because I was always in the way. I got a gripe for referees that just came to me. Uh-oh. Okay. <laughs> so the referee, that's the, the hotto guy that goes to line everybody up and then yeah. kind of like pump fakes and doesn't drop the puck and then like blows Throw the whistle and, and yells at or yells everybody to stay out of the circle and stuff. It's just like, Get the puck and drop it. Like it's one. If they're crazy, like you know, creeping in, obviously you, you're not going to drop the puck. But don't like line up like you're going to drop it. Kind of pump fake and then get mad at the guys. Like you were ready to drop the puck. So what's that? That that player? Like one of the biggest things about faceoffs is cheating. So yeah. good players are going to cheat and they're going to be ready. So but get in there, get the puck, get yourself set, and you know, make sure everybody's outside the circle. And the two centers have their sticks down on whoever you do it. And then just drop the thing. Don't like enough of the pump fake and throwing people out. And, hey, I'm going to give you a a penalty if you continue to do this. It drives me. I've seen it more and more lately. It's driving me nuts. Yeah, And the the ref is trying to have control over something that he and it's causing more problems if he could be the, you know, kind of the solution where you drop the pot, you know, make sure they're out and then just drop it. You know, like don't be the show. I just don't like you don't need to be the show that everybody's here to watch the the players. The best refereeing is, you know, when you like, you're not noticed, you're not noticed. Exactly. Like you're going to have to make some calls. But the best referees that I've had are people that you just don't notice them out there. They're just not in the way they're doing their job. They have blown the whistle, all that stuff. That just uh, reminds me, just, I don't know, we're <laughs> off topic a little bit, but um, you just <laughs> watching This is the games. wheels are coming off. I love it. I know. I just, what's driving me insane a little bit is uh, players not being, and I talked about this recently, but I want to talk about it again, not face-off ready. Yeah. It's like, it drives me insane. Like, what do, mm-hmm. what do you especially when your center wins the draw, let's just say it's a D zone draw and they win it and your guy jumps by you and gets full possession of the puck. I mean, there's, there's really no excuse for that. Right. And I consistently see it. And I think that like from centers to wingers to D wingers chipping in and helping out, you know, like, you know, we talked about before, like just know what you need to do. And like you're in a set position and like you, there's no, kind of reading and reacting per se. Um, so anyway, I just wanted to get that off my chest because <laughs> <laughs> it, it's driving me insane. Sorry. And uh, it's consistent. So, you know, and, but, but, but it's, it's correctable very quickly. While we're, while we're on to- no uh, topic, <laughs> no, let's get, let's, let's talk about colony grill. One of the hottest things about traveling to hockey tournaments is deciding on a place to eat. But it's really a no-brainer. Colony Grill is home to the famous hot oil pizza and one-of-a-kind razor-thin crust. It's comfortable, friendly, and run by hockey people, so there's always a game on. If you're heading down I-95 in the Connecticut, Westchester area, or if you're in Maryland, Virginia, or Florida, there's probably a Colony Grill close by. Bring the team in, order it to the hotel, or even pick up a steaming hot pie on the way to the ice. You'll agree, Colony Grill lives up to the hot oil hype. To find your, to find your nearest location uh, near the rink closest to you, head to colonygrill.com. I love the Colony Grill, even though I actually haven't had it. But uh, the, the food, <laughs> I, the pictures I see, I'm like, I'm, I'm craving a little pizza, uh, you know, lately. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know if DoorDash can can make that trip. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we're know. getting down there. We're gonna we're gonna get down there soon. I, I we're we're looking forward to it. We're gonna do a show there. It's gonna be unbelievable. Uh, and it really is. You know, once a week, people are hitting us up at least. Hey, stop by the colony and like 
place is unbelievable. Teams, we got teams going in. It's 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 fantastic. Back to something that 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 kind of rattles me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> since we're, we're we're on this right now, and and I got to get it off my chest. Parents yelling from the stands about the too many men on the ice penalty when yeah. it's like they're young kids, right? You have to use the door. You yeah. have to like it's one on one off. It's not going to be perfect. Referees that call it like very close drive me completely insane. And parents that scream for it constantly drive me even more insane. If they, it could be called like 30 times a game. So stop yelling it. Just why? There's no yeah. reason for it. It really, it, you know, since you were bringing up stuff, uh, <laughs> now we're on this tangent. It just, it drives me insane. Yeah, that, that's what the ring shrinks are here for, you know, to get things off your chest. <laughs> exactly, exactly. No, and it's, it, it's thing, frustrating. Yeah. It's frustrating as a coach to just hear it. And it's like, they just came on the ice. They're 10 years old. It, it's not too many men on the ice. It's one thing if somebody's jumping through the middle and you got, it's, it, it's not pro hockey. It's not going to be refed, and it shouldn't be even looked at like that. It just yeah, they kind of jumped the boards, right, right. (laughs) And it's not really a competitive edge when it hits a kid's skate when when he's trying to stumble into the board into the bench. Exactly, exactly. It's one thing if there's if there's six players on the ice for a you know yeah extended period of time. Yeah, yeah. Then by all means, that's that. But if it's like that little bing bang play where it's kids coming and like to and from the bench stop it stop yeah all right we'll, we'll move on uh after <laughs> after our uh little sidebar we need a colony grill I, I need a hot oil slice right now yeah. just to, to to cool me down yeah and yeah, we got we got to get down there and, and do a, a live show yeah we will we will. That's coming. All right. You got the next one here. Enough of uh, rants until this question. Hey, BY Mots. Uh, I'm a longtime listener and coach for over 16 years, coaching my son's U6 hockey team. We re- recently faced the first place team. The game was intense with my son and another player scoring multiple goals. However, things took a dark turn when I overheard the opposing coach instructing two of his players to intentionally injure our top players specifically mentioning my son and another player. What I witnessed shocked me. Minutes later, my son gets on the ice and scores. Well, what do you know? One of the Bash brothers runs my son from behind in the slot. The coach starts screaming and cheering about it, yelling, way to go, way to go. That is what I wanted to see. At this point, I realized that I did not hear this guy wrong, and he was purposely trying to hurt my son and the other player on my team So now my blood is boiling and my wires are starting to cross. I couldn't believe what I was seeing and hearing, so I approached the coach during the game. We share a bench, asking if he was cheering about the cheap shot. He blatantly ignored me, trying to keep things low-key for the kids and parents. I let it go at the moment. In the handshake line afterward, I confronted him again and sending players out to hurt mine. He tried to evade the conversation, but I persisted, and he casually replied, we do what it takes to win. How would you guys handle uh, such a situation? Any advice on whether to pursue a formal complaint or other, or find another resolution? Quick point, you can tell that his, uh, this coach has never played hockey in his life, straight stuck behind a computer his whole life. He definitely sits at home at night in his studio apartment and trash talks a bunch of 10-year-olds playing Fortnite where he most likely loses as well. Love the pod. Thanks. And that's from Clance. Clance Romance. Uh that's complete garbage. The U6, this guy shouldn't be behind the bench. You're yelling at, at kids to go out and hurt somebody and cheering when you, you, your kid scores a goal and then he, he comes up and gives him a cheap shot. Um, I don't care what the score is. That's complete nonsense, and the guy shouldn't be allowed behind the bench. I don't know what the, you know, what, what are your thoughts? I mean... I think he handled it correctly. I mean, I I don't know if yeah. I would have handled it as, you know, calmly. Probably, you know, <laughs> there is there is a, um, you know, I'm sure there could be a complaint filed just because you don't want, fu- you know, kids' futures. I mean, they're so young to be kind of, you know, um, as far as like just the, their impression of the game and what it 
is right and wrong. And, you know, you, you, we talked to Josh Bailey last week about, you know, m- keeping it fun, making, making sure that they're having fun and doing the right things. And, you know, he had some really good points. Like uh, that's what it's all about. The, this, 100%. you know, retribution at U six hockey is ridiculous. Yeah. You know, for, the next even, it, Hunter. yeah, it's not even retribution. It's just like pure insanity. Like, uh, you know, you're, you're losing and there's some kids having some success and, you know, it's not like you want to cheer for them. You know, you want them to play harder and compete and, and try and do their best to stop them from scoring. So that's how you would approach that if you're, you know, on the other side of it. But absolutely unacceptable. And I think you should actually can, maybe not file a complaint, but go to the head of the program or the organization and just at least mention this situation so that, you know, he doesn't have influence over kids negatively. Can you imagine going through that handshake line and your reply is, quotes, we do what it takes to win. Like, what a complete loser. I mean, like, to add to what this guy usually does, you know, like being, you know, playing Fortnite and behind <laughs> the computer, you know, he probably watches the Mighty Ducks as, you know, on, right. on rerun, you know, just he's like the Icelandic coach. Yes. Yeah, that's you know, back in the day. Yeah, that's craziness, and I think you, you you're right. At the very least, send an email to the you know the head of that program and kind of letting them know is you don't these kids are six years old, so you you're gonna start raising a bunch of mutant goons at <laughs> yeah. six. Like stop. Yeah, it's nonsense, and I, I think he does need to um, you know be called out a bit in the right way. So yeah, I, I would be all for at least. Bringing it to the attention of the uh, the head of the organization. I would say a good job by Clance restraining himself and not fighting the guy at center ice. Yeah, when the wires start crossing, sometimes they don't come uncrossed. So good job. <laughs> Hats <laughs> off to Lance. Clance, I mean. Clance, I like that name. Yeah. It's good stuff. <laughs> well, is. hockey parents, are you tired of going to the same tournaments or are you just looking for an event that is truly unforgettable? If so, then listen up. Since 2018, MCN Sports Management has become a world leader in international hockey tournaments and tours. With tournaments in four different locations across Europe, there is something for all ages, whether it's an individual looking to join a team or full organizations looking to travel together. We have the perfect trip for you. MCN is in full swing preparing for their 2024 overseas events. They currently have openings for players and teams from U11 through U17 boys and girls divisions to compete in some of the most prestigious events in Europe, such as the Nord Cup, the Lions Cup, and the Bauer World Cup. Don't miss out on these unforgettable hockey tournaments and trips that you and your family will never forget. Visit them at mcnsm.com to learn more about each of these tournaments and how to join. That's mcnsm.com. And make sure that you tell them the ring shrink sent you. Yeah, make sure you let them know. Obviously, we've talked about this before, but some of our you know greatest memories that we've had have have been traveling to those tournaments. And we always talk about finding that balance, right? And and picking you know a couple tournaments, one or two tournaments a summer, and staying on the ice and having some fun. And and if you can pull it off, if you can make a trip uh, across the pond over to Europe and play in one of these big events, like it's it's unbelievable. It's a really really cool experience, and it's something that you know, your child's going to look back on in, you know, 25, 30 years like us. And, and, you know, similar to the trip I talked about in Germany and have some amazing memories and, and, you know, make, make some amazing friendships. So it's, it, it's really cool. So hit up mcnsm.com and make sure you let them know that the shrink sent you. Yeah. I think it's an unbelievable setup where, you know, you're having a, a, a situation where you can get some culture and you can play some hockey, right? It could be a really combo, nice balance between a vacation and playing the sport that we all love. So make sure you check them out if you want to sign up as an individual or these programs that are looking for something different outside the box. Make sure you check them out at MCNSM. Speaking of which, Mott, uh, so with you know i think february 7th we're heading up to quebec and one of the moms on the team's a french teacher so she was getting the 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 flashcards going or the what do they call it now quizlets that the kids do online flashcards um, 
Yeah, but it's the, the no, I know. That's all. I, that's all. I yeah, know. like we're we're old school, but I think it's that's an app or something, the Quizlet thing. And uh, so she was getting some words going, and like, yeah, it's pretty cool to go up there. We were saying to Liam the other night, like, hey, you got to look at the flashcards so you know a couple words, yeah. and you go up there, you can, you know, hit a couple Please. people with, with some you. bon, yeah, some bonjours, some wee wees, uh, <laughs> you know. Those, je parle français un petit peu. Yeah, je m'appelle je m'appelle uh, Brian. I think that's my name is Brian. So it you know, sure is. Yeah, so it's uh, you know again embrace the culture. You go to these different tournaments and these trips, and uh, hopefully these kids look at the Quizlet. That'd be fun. Yeah. No, I, I. I so let me try this. J'ai étudié le français pour cinq ans. I like all. Wow. May uh, mon comprehension très mauvais. So I studied it for five years, but my comprehension is terrible. So I would try and formulate sentences, and then someone would say something to me. I'm like, uh, je ne sais pas. I don't know. Uh, wow, so, dude. You're like <laughs> so Moscow. We, so all the Quebec, so that's like book French. That's Parisian French. You learn it in school. Then you okay. play with some guys from Quebec, and it's like completely different. There's a lot more slang. The yeah, it's like talking to a kid from the city. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> it's like so some I, of the stuff we say on this. People are probably like, "What are they talking about?" <laughs> so just trying to, you know, get my uh, get around. Courtney and I went over to Paris um, for Jeez, the you. NHL PA meetings. You know, they had them in great destinations, so it attracted uh, some participation. We went over there, and I'm like, "Court, you and I, because we studied French together in high school, right?" Yeah, so I'm like, yeah. you and I are only speaking French today to one another and to everyone else. <laughs> it, lasted, it lasted like four minutes. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. Yeah. But, you know, it's 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 fun to try. And, you know, so make sure you get get on the boys about that because it, it will be fun if they, uh, you know, it's okay to, to fail in the second language as long as you're trying. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Thanks for question. New question here. Thanks for answering my question about the 2017 brick year. I was definitely, uh, I will definitely update you as he progresses. This question is for BY. Uh, I was curious if being a, a law enforcement officer and having children in youth hockey is difficult between the overtime details, mandatory callouts on nights and weekends, and the training you need to do uh, on your own to stay sharp. I feel like it could be more difficult to manage than your regular nine to five job right now with might hockey and limited amount of travel. It's really not, uh, it's really not a concern, but as my son gets older and travel demands grow, I could see this becoming a problem. I am not discounting the demands of other professions, but I was curious if you have encountered any major conflicts associated with being a first responder and having kids in youth hockey. Uh, and that is from a Pittsburgh dad. Well, I guess I got to answer this one, Mott, huh? Uh, yeah. So for a number of years, I, you know, I think eight years I, I was on midnights and I would say it was, it was, you know, a pretty big sacrifice. I stayed on midnights because I didn't miss much. Uh, obviously with, you know, living in the city of Boston, you have your share of full call-ups and, those were always difficult. So, you know, we would be getting ordered because people bang in sick on a Saturday morning and you can't make a kid's game. So it's difficult, uh, to, to get held over, but obviously you got to give the wife a little bit of credit and she always, you know, she understood it and understood the job and those things happened. And luckily I've, I've, you know, recently slid into a, a Monday through Friday daytime schedule, which is, uh, has been nice for me. And, and, you know, it, Actually, really recently, I've, I've been back in a district where I've been on that traditional four on two off shift back to midnights. And you realize how much you really like the the Monday through Friday gig after doing a couple, you know, about a month at that at, at the, um, you know, back to my old schedule. So it's it's challenging. And um, I think the biggest sacrifice is on us to, you know, you especially on midnights, you sacrifice quite a bit of sleep. But we uh we make the both the, the the best of it and you know another guy I coach with is in the same profession and both of us try to make as as much as we can and I think most of the parents kind of uh you know get it if something does happen and we have to miss a practice or a game they kind of understand that's the thing with the jobs but I, I you know I think you look at some of the other professions out there too Mots like 
some people have to travel for work. Some people are on the road, you know, three, four days a week and miss a lot of practices and stuff. So there's give and take to, to any profession. Am I right? Well, you know, first off, I'd like to, you know, thank and appreciate, you know, Pittsburgh dad and you for your service. And, but more importantly, like about the sacrifices hockey moms and dads do to, you know, provide for the kids. And that's why, you know, when we're talking about this, you put, pull it all together and you know, like you want it to be a great experience. So that you six level like shenanigans and stuff like that that's like not what it's all about you know, maybe that guy busy. maybe that guy's a cop too and worked midnights <laughs> and and was just a little angry maybe he, 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 he was he was lacking some sleep let's give him the benefit of the doubt but you uh i would still send the letter though yeah but uh <laughs> it, it, as far as uh you know just the sacrifices i think that's one of the you know, we talk about the fabric of hockey players, right? The hockey parents really make the hockey players. So that sacrifice that parents, you know, do consistently year in, year out, season in, season out to allow their children to play is is very important. So, um, you know, and, and parents will, will do it and bend over backwards to do it. And, mm-hmm. you, you know, you're not running on sleep. You're, you know, you get into three different kids games over the weekend. You're, you're doing a lot of different things. And, um, you wouldn't change it for the world. Right. right. So right. that's, uh, you know, that's kind of like what the message that I got, you know, and like you're kind of describing like what you got to you go through. And uh, I know a lot of people are in similar positions and it's for the love of the game and for the love of our kids. So it's, and it's, uh, it, that's, it, that's what it, hockey it, brings us. And Mots, it is insane. And like how many people have said this to you over the years, but like it goes by quick. And I know Pittsburgh dad, his son's in 2017 and but like my youngest is 12 years old now and you know my oldest is 17 and and 14 and it's like holy crap it feels like yesterday that these kids were you know doing learn to skate so it's it yeah we we sacrificed and you know whatever survived off a, an hour nap here hour nap there and and made it work and it wouldn't change anything for the world like you said that's the the, the coolest thing about all this is it, it's you know, you, you want to make as much as you possibly can. And if it means sacrificing a little bit on, on your end, you do so, cause it's not going to last forever. And and that's one of the you know coolest things. That's why you, I get aggravated when I hear about parents getting kicked out of games. It's like, right. dude, there's some people that, that, that can't go to their kids games, right. That whatever for work for, you know, that are no longer with us. Right. Like they give anything to be there watching their son or their daughter play a game. And you're, yelling at referees and not just enjoying it and like enjoying the conversation. Like what's the conversation like when you're on the way home from the game after you got kicked out or you're F you and the, the referee, like what wh- what are those conversations? Like I wonder. Yeah. Not good. Or, hey, or son, son, great game today. Yeah. Dad, you were awesome in the stands yelling <laughs> at the referees the entire time. That was a blast. Nobody, nobody was talking about you at all in the rink. Yeah. No one noticed. Yeah, nobody noticed that. Like you flipping the bird to the referee, that was that was so cool. Yeah, it made me feel great. <laughs> it made me play it's, better. <laughs> madness! Oh my god, uh, we were talking about skating on the ponds the other day. You know, over the weekend and everything. And and one of the first things I said to my team was like, make sure you hit up the Sparks before practice on Tuesday night, boys. Uh, Sparks hockey is the at home or on the road skate shopping machine. It's the gift that keeps on giving. Make sure you use that promo code BYMOTS for $50 off your Spark Sharpener. Again, SparksHockey.com, where you purchase that. Uh, it really is. It gives you a great sharpening, accurate every single time. Uh, this time of year, there's nothing to worry about when you if you are out on the ponds, right? You throw the skates right on the Sparks. Uh, it was the first question I asked my son as we were going to the rink the other night. I kind of forgot this guy. I'm like, dude. You hit up the Spocks, right? He's like, yeah, dad, I took care of it. And like, without me even saying anything, he was doing it on his own, which is pretty amazing. So SparksHockey.com, make sure you take advantage of that BYMOTS $50 off coupon code. And so convenient for something like that. Exactly. You know, even Charlie McAvoy was out there on the ponds. Yeah. You know, he posted on his Instagram and, you know, to be able to have that convenience of, of just chucking them on the Sparks and being ready for practice. It's uh, it's huge. So again, make sure you, you think big. Spark, you think big Chuck's got a spark. You think Sparks. Um, you think big Chuck McAvoy's got a Sparks at the at the house, and he's doing them on his own. You never know. Well, we could 
we could DM them. <laughs> we can get them on and ask them. We yeah, got to we, we, we do that. Uh, no, it's 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 great stuff. Obviously, at the NHL level, they're probably going to have the the equipment manager throw it on the Spox machine. But hey, for us, for us common folk, we use our machine at home, and it really is the gift that keeps on giving. Mott's great mailbag questions. Now it is time for the My Hockey Rankings question of the week. MyHockeyRankings.com. I know my kids. Literally, they woke up today, Dad. Wednesday morning, my hockey rankings, the 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 rankings for the the ratings for the week came out. Uh, we're number two this week, you know, and all fired up. So the kids are talking about it, and it really is cool. So the my hockey rankings question of the week: As a parent, what is the best way to have my son or daughter get the looks they need to get noticed by a prospective team that we may want to join at the higher youth level? It's a good question. Yeah. So I would say first and foremost, uh, you know, the player has to play well you know, and, and, and be a good <laughs> Mots, player. To- Mots, we're being pretty honest here. Just just give it to him right between the eyeballs. Yeah. You, 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 your kid's got to play good. Yeah. Play good and want to be wanted. You know, yep. uh, it's just one of those simple truths of the situation. And, you know, as you know, we're in mating season in youth hockey and talking mm-hmm. about tryouts for next year and teams and, you know, the madness has, has begun and it began a long time ago. Like, they, I don't know, they, they, they should probably make some rules on it, but I think yeah. they do on some no, level. No, they but do. Not, yeah. But it's not really. But uh, I would say, yeah, if there's interest in moving to a team, you know, you I think you just have a, you know, honest conversation with the coach, see the level of interest and see where it goes from there. It's very simple. Yeah, I think that's that's it. If you can, if the league rules permit you to try to get out to a skate, try to get to some type of free skate uh, where you can see the coach, maybe, you know, shoot an email and, and, and see if they'll invite you to a practice just to get on the radar, because maybe a coach doesn't know who you are or, you know, right. you're playing a completely different program. So it helps to go and skate with that team if you are looking to make that jump up uh, without breaking the rules. I would definitely suggest doing that. But Yes, it, it, it's you got to kind of, you know, nudge the coach a little bit to at least get on their radar if they don't see you. You know what I mean? I know I coach 2011 team. I'm not actively out at a, a, a bunch of rinks trying to, you know, watch games at different levels. I just have a thousand things going on in my um, in my schedule. So, you know, I've had tons of people reach out. Hey, do you mind if we come to skate and we you know try to do it as much as we can to at the very least? get them on the radar and then we have an honest conversation with whether it's, you know, Hey, we think they're good enough. Maybe they should try out or, you know, the team's full next year, whatever it is. Like you just, at the very least you start that dialogue. So um, yeah, good stuff. Yeah. I think that's, it's a pretty straightforward process and, you know, really is, yeah, is dictated on, you know, how good your son or daughter is. And that's, You know, it, it's not, say, cut and dry. There's there's plenty of room on certain teams and there's not as much room on some maybe top teams. So you just have to be realistic about reaching out and just seeing and uh, getting information and just having like a real conversation. And I, you would hope that the coaches would be honest as well, whether it be yes or no. So Yeah, yeah you know, instead you just, of dragging you along. Yes, and that, that's, that's the one thing I was, I was thinking as you were talking. It's like you don't want to be kind of strung along and then not have any options uh, if you're chasing just one team. And so it's important to just really get some information and make the correct decision for your, for your son or daughter. Yeah. And I know a lot of people too, they kind of cast the net, right? So if teams have reached out to me in particular, they've also reached out to two or three other teams and try to skate with as many of them as possible just to see, right? Because my team may not have room or maybe my team has room and another team doesn't have room. Um, so, but you know, again, you just want to get your name out there as as best as you can, and I think it's important. But good question for the my hockey rankings question of the week. Um, make sure again myhockeyrankings.com. Check out where your team stacks up. Um, Mots, before we go here, obviously we got BU versus B uh, BC this weekend. Number one in the country versus number two, home and home battle of Comav. Uh, both bonds are sold out. Pre- Going to be pretty electric. Are you? Uh, any chance you can make it over? I, I I can't get to any of the games, but I'm looking forward to being able to watch. How about you? 
Uh, possibly Saturday night. Um, okay. But it is, it's going to be electric, like you said, the Battle of Com Ave. BU, this is the first time, you know, BU and BC are number one and number two uh, mm-hmm. in their long rivalry. Um, Which is pretty losses. amazing. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it's, yeah, there's, there's been a lot of years where both teams were strong, but then sometimes it's cyclical, right? You know, there's some team, some years that's, you know, BC's up, BC's down, BU's mm-hmm. up. You know, so it's uh, it's awesome because both rosters are jam packed with top end talent. Uh, BU's winner of twelve of thirteen, BC nine of their last eleven. So they're both playing very well coming into this matchup, this huge weekend. So all eyes will be uh, on Comav, and I'm excited to see how it shakes out. You know, Pend- Jay Pendolf has done a great job at kind of getting those guys on the same page. You know, it's sometimes it's difficult to have so much talent. And to make a mesh, there's one puck out there. Everyone wants it, which is, you know, what you want. But, you know, to make sure that you're playing within a team concept and really utilizing that top end skill for the right uh, benefit of the team is very important. And, you know, Coach Brown uh, over at BC with the same, say, problem, which is a good problem to have. Uh, And just balancing that. we got too much talent. Yeah, (laughs) it's crazy. But yeah, I'm pumped to watch it, and um, you know we'll just have to, you know, hope that the Eagles come out on top. Right? Sucks to be you. Oh wow! Yeah, I'm gonna tell you Pando go. you said that. <laughs> I should have said that to him when we interviewed him. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> uh, no, it'll be good hockey. I can't wait to watch it. Obviously, you know, we get a bunch of different games over the weekend with uh, with my kids, and hopefully, we'll be able to watch that on the tube, or, or as you like to say tape it uh, yeah, yeah, at the very well, least i'll be able to tape it and then yeah, watch it sure. watch it afterwards but great time to be uh around boston with all that hockey thanks to everybody for uh sending in the mailbag questions a lot of really good ones this week uh fun getting a little bit of you know off topic a little bit mots what kind of grinds <laughs> Aki is and gets us going a little bit and uh you know fired up so great episode thanks to all the listeners thanks to everybody to um, you know again for sending in questions thanks to all the sponsors we wouldn't be here without you and uh it is time to cue the ring shrink shuffle Jim.